Hey, faithful listener, grab your cup of coffee and experience the Bible in a way you never have before. P40 Ministries is a podcast that goes through the Bible cover to cover. It's an awesome narrative that focuses your mind and prepares your heart for God to speak. So join your host, Jen, for a biblical podcast that's hilarious, informative, imaginative, and fun. The P40 Ministries podcast. Listen now as we go through the book of Leviticus. Hello and good morning, friends and faithful listeners. Thanks so much for tuning in to this P40 Ministries podcast episode on Leviticus chapter 4, verses 13, all the way down to verse 26. This is talking more about the sin offerings that we discussed on Friday, but this is talking about if a the entire Israeli community sins and then if a leader sins. So let's go ahead and read this. I'll be reading out the W.E.B. version of the Bible this morning. If the entire Israelite community sins by violating one of the Lord's commands, but the people don't realize it, they are still guilty. When they become aware of their sin, the people must bring a young bull as an offering for their sin and present it before the tabernacle. The elders of the community must then lay their hands on the bull's head and slaughter it before the Lord. The high priest will then take some of the bull's blood into the tabernacle, dip his finger into the blood, and sprinkle it seven times before the Lord in front of the inner curtain. He will then put some of the blood on the horns of the altar for a fragrant incense that stands in the Lord's presence inside the tabernacle. He will pour out the rest of the blood at the base of the altar for burnt offerings at the entrance of the tabernacle. Then the priest must remove all the animal's fat and burn it on the altar, just as he does with the bull offering as a sin offering for the high priest. Through this process, the priest will purify the people, making them right with the Lord, and they will be forgiven. Then the priest must take what is left of the bull and carry it outside the camp and burn it there, just as is done with the sin offering for the high priest. This offering is for the sin of the entire congregation of Israel." If one of Israel's leaders sins by violating one of the commands of the Lord his God but doesn't realize it, he is still guilty. When he becomes aware of his sin, he must bring as an offering a male goat with no defects. He must lay his hand on the goat's head and slaughter it at the place where the burnt offerings are slaughtered before the Lord. This is an offering for his sin. Then the priest will dip his finger in the blood of the sin offering and put it on the horns of the altar for burnt offerings. He will pour out the rest of the blood at the base of the altar. Then he must burn all of the goat's fat on the altar, just as he does with the peace offering. Through this process, the priest will purify the leader from his sin, making him right with the Lord, and he will be forgiven. There's a couple things that stand out to me in this uh, portion of scripture that we read today. The main thing being that verses 13 through 21 are a complete repeat of what we talked about on Friday. It's the exact same thing. If the congregation of Israel commits an unknowing sin, like the entire congregation, they do something wrong and they commit a sin, but they don't know that they committed that sin. When it becomes known that they committed a sin, for example, somebody read the law later on and realizes, oh, that thing that we all did was a sin. Once it becomes known to the people, they have to take the bowl just one bull, one young bull, and take it to the elders. The elders have to lay their hands on the bull and present it at the tabernacle, and then the elders have to kill it there in front of the tent of meeting. I just find it so interesting that in God's mind, 
the priest and the entire congregation of Israel are the same in a sense where they have to present the same offering if they sin. Now, when we talked about this on Friday, it was if the priest knowingly or unknowingly sinned. It didn't matter. He would still have to present the young bull when he realized that he had sinned. Same with the congregation of Israel. And that was something that kind of shocked me because when you think about the congregation of Israel, I mean, that's a ton of people. Remember, there's like two million people approximately in the congregation of Israel. So you'd think that they'd have to present more bulls or more animals to God in order to be forgiven from this sin that they unknowingly committed. But that's not actually the case. One bull was enough for the congregation of Israel. But with the priest, a bull, like I've said before, a bull was a a, a very important animal back in those days, a very expensive animal. So if a priest sinned, whether knowingly or unknowingly, he would have to do a great sacrifice of this bull. And the other thing about this that I've, I noticed, there's almost like a hierarchy there. Priest is above the congregation of Israel. And the last thing is the ruler that we talked about in verses 20 through 26 today, all he has to bring, if he unknowingly sins, all he has to bring is a male goat with no defects. A male goat would be much easier to acquire than a young bull at the prime of its life. So there is a hierarchy, whereas the priest who comes to God and intercedes for the people, he is kind of like the leader more so than even this king, this leader here at the very end in verses 22 through 26, the priest's sins are greater than the king's sins because the priest has direct access to God. The priest is the one who basically makes atonement for the sins of the entire congregation of Israel, whereas the leader doesn't necessarily do that. Now, the other thing that I thought was very interesting was the fact that God mentioned kings here because kings were not supposed to be a thing in Israel at this point in time. And a king didn't end up happening until 1 Samuel, many, many books of the Bible later, generations later. Until that time, God was supposed to be the king of Israel. He was supposed to be judging the people. So it's kind of laughable and hilarious here that God knew that the people were going to rebel so much that they would want a human king rather than God being their king. So he puts kings in the law centuries before a king even happened to rule Israel. I just find that so interesting. That just proves right here that God just knows all because he literally put kings in the law even though he had told the people, don't ask for a king because I am going to be your king. <laughs> so this is truly hilarious to me that God's just like, yeah, these people, they're going to rebel against me. They're going to ask for a human king. And so I'm just going to put kings in the law. <laughs> really, really funny to me. And it's funny because I am actually going through First Samuel right now. And, uh, you know, I just read the portion about Saul, the first Israeli king. And man, uh, he caused a lot of issues. He did. 
he caused a whole bunch of problems and then even David caused some problems and then the rest of the kings oh my gosh they uh, just completely destroyed Israel after a while because of their just poor leadership but even so you know this could have had to have been humbling for a king let's say in the time of uh, Jeremiah to have to go back and read the law and see that oh the priest is actually above me because he has direct access to God whereas I do not here in this uh, in this chapter of Leviticus but basically here it says that when the entire community of Israel unknowingly sins they are still guilty and same for the king if a king unknowingly sins he is still guilty and some people look at this and they're like oh that's so mean why would God put guilt on people who don't you know willingly sin or whatever or don't know that they're sinning well it's the same thing here in America ignorance of the law is no excuse that is literally uh, a saying that we have here so ignorance of the law means that if you don't know that you are breaking a law it's not an excuse you can't just be you know going around breaking laws and being like oh I didn't know I broke that law you still did it you should still be punished you should still be guilty it doesn't matter if you didn't know that breaking and entering was against the law <laughs> you still broke in and entered and you have to be tried for that particular crime so it doesn't matter and this is kind of the same concept here in the bible is that everyone is responsible for their own actions whether or not they knew they were breaking a law or knew that they were sinning or not they're still responsible for the actions that they did this is uh, very very common throughout the bible where we see that every single person is responsible for his or her actions and i've been learning that more and more i'm actually going through a book called codependency no more by melody Beatty, and it's a really interesting book it's like quasi-Christian-y, but it has a lot of great concepts in it about codependency. And much of what the author states is that you are in control of yourself, you are not in control of anybody else, and they are not in control of you. Everybody has to mind their own business and everybody has to recognize that they are in control of their own behavior and their own actions. And that is much of what the law states and much of what the bible in general states is that every person is guilty for what they do or don't do it's nobody else's fault i mean even here for the king kings are notorious for blaming everybody else <laughs> famous people are notorious for blaming everybody else for their own actions but god's like no if the king unknowingly sins he's he is guilty not anybody else he is and now this king has to come when he is aware of his sin he has to come and bring the male goat and the king himself has to get dirty by killing the goat himself that is one of the other things that that really stood out to me as well I kind of always thought before when before I went really in depth with all this I, I thought that the priests had to be the ones to kill all these animals but no God is very very clear that the person committing the sin is actually the one that has to do the initial killing of the animal. I mean, just think about that. Think about how tough that would be for you or for I to have to kill an animal because of the sin that you and I committed. 
that like that shows ownership and responsibility that you are you are the one who committed the sin and you have to take responsibility for that sin that you committed so this king if he ends up sinning he couldn't pawn it off on someone else and be like oh you go kill that animal no he he had to do it himself he had to get his kingly robes dirty by killing this animal and by being like oh i sinned and now you know i have to kill this animal because of that this animal has to take my place because of this sin that i just did and i've i've mentioned this a handful of times but every single time I've noticed so far when these animals are getting killed, it doesn't matter if it's a peace offering, it doesn't matter if it's a burnt offering, it doesn't matter if it's sin offering. The person has to do the killing, the person who brings the animal, and every single time, those people have to lay their hands on the animal as a symbolic transfer of sin from that person to the animal. That has happened every single time so far. And that is just so interesting to me. These are the little things that when I've read through Leviticus before, I just brushed right past because I, di- I didn't even think about that. You know, I didn't even think about how the people would have to to really like symbolically be like, I'm putting my sin onto this animal and this animal has to die because of me. And that person himself would have to take responsibility and ownership for that sin and kill that animal right there. Didn't matter if it was a priest. Didn't matter if it was an ordinary human being. Didn't matter if it was an elder. Didn't matter if it was a king. Every single person, when they sin, is equal in God's eyes. We're all sinners. <laughs> Doesn't matter if it's a priest or an ordinary person like me. Doesn't matter. I mean, every single person is equal in God's eyes in the fact that we are all sinners. And in these days, we all would have had to bring our sacrifices to God and symbolically lay our hands on these animals and kill these animals ourselves so that we could be made right with God. Now, because of Jesus, obviously, and I've mentioned this so many times on the podcast, but it never gets old. Because of Jesus, we don't have to do that now. All we have to do is just remember Jesus as our sacrifice, that he was this perfect lamb that was slaughtered that we slaughtered for our sins we have to remember that and just be like Jesus thanks for forgiving us through your sacrifice and that is how we gain forgiveness now instead of this um, this action that we would have had to do in the old testament we don't have to do this anymore and I've been reading through um, Hebrews so something my brother-in-law who has been featured on the podcast before suggested to me he said go through Hebrews at the same time as going through Leviticus and so I, I took him up on his, his suggestion and much of what Hebrews has to say is that basically the the killing of the animals is over and done with because we have a wonderful sacrifice who is Jesus who also became our high priest and he's the perfect high priest because he will never sin he doesn't have to uh, you know, go through these things that the Old Testament priests had to do of like washing and uh, sacrificing because Jesus is perfect. He's clean and he's sinless. So he doesn't do it, have to do any of that. But he is the perfect high priest for you and me because he can come before the Father as an equal with the Father 
and basically atone for our sins in that way. In fact, it does say that Jesus, when you and I sin, he talks to the father about us and he'll be like, forgive her because forgive him or her because I died for her. And uh, I think that's really, really cool. But friends, we'll talk more about Leviticus 4 on uh on Wednesday. So join me then 6 a.m. or whenever you wake up for another episode out of Leviticus. And I hope you're enjoying Leviticus actually uh, because a lot of people have told me, I've heard a lot of people say Leviticus is a boring book and they just don't like it because it's a, it's a hard book. I, I get it. You know, me reading through it, I'm just like, man, this is tough to talk about sometimes. Sometimes it's kind of interesting, but it is tough to read. It's tough to talk about because culturally we're just we don't understand this stuff as well because we live under a brand new law, a brand new covenant, which is the New Testament. But like I always say on the podcast, I do think it's so important to go back and look at the Old Testament because we can't understand the New Testament properly without going back and looking at the Old Testament. We will never understand Jesus properly without the Old Testament. So that's why I believe we still have the Old Testament. That's why I believe it is important for us to read and to look at and to gain insight from. And even, you know, some things in the law to say, how does this translate to us today? Because if the law, even though it's been fulfilled, if the law is still here to this day, I mean, it is because we're literally reading about it right now. What does God want us, want you and me, the modern person, to gain from the law. And I think that's something that we can uh, think about as we continue forward. Friends and faithful listeners, have a fantastic rest of your day. And, you know, go to the YouTube channel. I got my camera. I got it set up. I did a little uh, um, test video for myself today to see how it would go. And, yeah, it's it's going to be... Uh, <laughs> it's going to be a new process that I'm going to have to learn to do but I'm excited to learn it and excited to get some more videos up on YouTube for you guys but subscribe to the channel in the meantime I'll continue to upload all my old podcast episodes onto YouTube in the next few weeks and even months probably but guys to conclude happy listening and God bless